Welcome back, Husky fans and all of our listeners, to, quite frankly, one of the greatest podcasts that you've ever listened to, the Husky Fan Podcast. Jimmy Cornell, you know, as we closed up shop the last time, I think that was sometime in uh, February, must have been after signing day, you said, you know, I want to start the next pod with some good old-fashioned dogman bashing. I know it's been a while since then, but can you drum up any uh, any thoughts on that front? I thought we talked before the pod that we were going to break down the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones podcast. <laughs> I, I thought that's what you tweeted to the listeners. So we were going to we were going to work through, we we're going to unpack the interview between Joe Rogan and Mister. Alex Jones. That's that's not that's not what's happening here. Yet no, we have a new agenda. But I I did see parts of that. And what's funny is, did you see someone made a version of because Joe Rogan also interviewed Doctor Phil, and someone made a version of like Doctor Phil talking to Alex Jones, <laughs> and it just it's like hilarious. Like it just it just makes it just makes total sense. Like it really looks like they the two of them were talking to each other the entire time. Yeah, well, we we can get we can get into the the little green horned elves that come out of the forest when you're on ayahuasca, or we can talk about uh, his infatuation with the Nazis. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a topic that maybe some people would prefer to hear about than Husky football. But I guess we can save that for the end of the pod. We'll do our own three hour breakdown. Um, at the end, we'll, we'll just put a slight pause in between Husky Talk, and then we'll get into the Alex Jones, Joe Rogan pod. So they can just fast forward if that's all they want to listen to. Okay, but back back to the uh, back to my original question. Any any uh, dogman thoughts? I mean, I have some that I could bring up, but I I just I I, I want you to go first. If you, there's something really pressing that you want to get off your chest. Well, I, I always love to remind the listeners that, you know, the people that have the loudest, uh, so loudest, uh, media voice for Husky football and where a lot of the sort of, you know, what do you call it? The fringe fans, like, you know, maybe they'll meet their pals or their buddies at a tailgate for a game or two a year, they might catch a quick article uh, on a website in respects to recruiting. And then, you know, they got the local radio or maybe they have the subscription to Dogman and, you know, they want to get some Husky news. But, you know, these these are the guys that, you know, thank Steve Sarkisian for the Rose Bowl appearance uh, this year, which, you know, I, I, I can't even fathom how you would connect the two, but somehow they figured out how to do it. Uh, they've also never uh, apologized for them questioning whether Chris Peterson could recruit in a P5 conference, whether he had the he had the abilities or the skill set to go into the neighborhoods of Southern California and be able to sell his culture and program philosophy to these young student athletes of SoCal. But I think in some fashion, 
Chris Peterson has proven that he has some ability to recruit at this level. And I think uh, we got a good glimpse of that this year and some of the commits they already have, future commits they already have in place. So, again, some of the people with the loudest voices uh, in Husky football, uh, is it's mind-blowing to me that they can get away with a number of things they say. And uh, what I'm hearing line still still is still in play. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. There was a loud noise, and that's because I unwittingly had my cell phone next to the uh, next to the mic. So I just realized that I, I'm getting a couple text messages here. So I apologize for being popular. A- amateur hour, buddy. You know, I thought you'd be a pro Potter by now. Yeah, me too. Too much time off, I guess. Yeah. Okay, what are your thoughts? I know you're chomping at the bit to share a couple. Okay, firstly, I'm really tired of, and I have to use uh, our buddy Metrics guy, Metrics Superiority guy, at PDog206 on Twitter. I have to use his term of hero worship. Like, it's a problem in society. There's too much hero worship. And there's all this worshiping of Jen Cohen. Like, with... With every, with, every, with every victory that the basketball team has, the, the men's basketball team, that is, um, it, it, it's like her stature and profile amongst the fans just goes higher and higher. And, I mean, we've already said, like, look, it's, it's, it's looking like that was a great hire. That's like an A or an A-plus hire. Fine, but, like, let's not act like everything is honky-dory everywhere else. And, and, well, and can- what, what I, okay, Go ahead, go ahead. Just, just want to remind, I mean, it's fun that the Hoops team is, is playing good basketball and the arena is full. I think those are obviously positive signs. But let's let's also bring up the fact that the Pac-12 basketball conference is complete dreck. It, it is not very good basketball right now. And, and they're taking advantage of that. And, you know, they have a good record and they're undefeated at home, uh, which – you know, I think that's a testament to being good. I mean, if you're playing in a, in a lowly conference, I mean, they have some markers that are, you know, worth talking about. But, you know, do stand out some. But let's not say this is a competitive conference. Yeah, I mean, this is not a top 10 team. It's probably not even a top 30 team if you look at the metrics. I'm not taking anything away from them, uh, but you're absolutely right. And what I don't like about Dogman, amongst many things, Kim, Kim Grinnells, he, he knew that he couldn't get in tight with Peterson because Peterson doesn't hobnob with the media and that sort of thing. So yeah. what's the next thing? What, so how, 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 who, who could he suck up to to help his cause? Jen Cohen. And it's like, he, I mean, he, 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 he's sucking up to her left and right. And because of that, he's basically giving her credit for things that she didn't do. We know that. She really had nothing to do with hiring Chris Peterson. Peterson was the one who contacted the school. Yet yep. we hear people like, you know, Kim on Dogman. He's, you know, he said something like, well, I, you know, I, I heard that, you know, she played a big role in the hiring. And then <laughs> after the Pac-12 championship game, you know, Hugh Millen and Softy, they were talking about it. Like, I heard she played a big role in getting Peterson. So it's just amazing the bullshit that people will believe. And, and it spreads. And then, yeah, you have a guy like Softy again who's got a big megaphone when it comes to Husky sports and obviously Husky football uh, continuing 
uh, these these lines of thought that there's there's just no basis for. Yeah, and, and so with Grinnells, it's like he, on Dog Man, he has conditioned all these people to basically think that Jen Cohen has been the savior of Washington athletics. You know, he because he talks about it over and over again, and so like you said, it spreads. It, it, it gets in people's minds. I mean, th- this is just it's. This is psychology and marketing. I mean, the more you say something, just say it as many times as you can. Most people are eventually going to believe it. It's just that's just what How's happens. How's the women's basketball team doing? Uh, it's not doing well. I actually on a different. I have an idea for that. Who they should hire as the next coach? Oh yeah, who's that? Cody Pickett. Oh, <laughs> Cody Pickett. Did you see Cody Pickett in Idaho won the state championship? He's a girls basketball coach. Yeah, I, I did catch that headline. <laughs> so what do you think of my suggestion for Cody So you Pickett? want him to switch over to softball? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. You know, you know basketball. Soft- they, should basketball. Hire him as, they should hire him as the women's coach. <laughs> women's basketball hey, heck, coach. Man, there's nothing like uh, alumni. being. I mean, wasn't Romar a Husky? What was his connection to Washington? Yeah, he was a Husky. Yeah, so there you go, man. It worked for Romar. Why can't it work for Pickett? It definitely can, but I mean, it worked for Romar for for a while. I mean, it, it came crumbling. Yeah, he he fired himself basically. Crumbling but down. I, that that was a good hire for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I, this guy Jim Bassnight on Twitter. I made one comment about Romar. Oh man, he blew me up. Man, it blew me up. But <laughs> my eyes didn't lie. I mean the. The last three to five years of the Romar program were atrocious. I, I had no interest in watching that yeah. that that team. It was I mean, a fucking debacle. Slop offense, no defense, just like rat ball, gym ball at the Y. I mean, that was just that was so painful. And I, and again, it was so much backlash. I mean, in the backlash after that, I mean, I guess Cohen did take some heat for that, but she had. I mean, give her credit for that. I mean, she had no choice. It wasn't no. a hard decision, though. These are the things we talked about before. It's not like she had, like, these really difficult decisions. I mean, Romart, like you said, fired himself. Uh, you know, she walked into Peterson because Peterson wanted to be here. Um, you know, like, it's not like she was making a lot of gut-wrenching decisions when she came through the door. Yeah, absolutely. And despite that, there's just, we, we get these dubtastic tweets and posts on Dogman. With every basketball, there was one on Twitter that was so bad. The guy was like, you know, we won the national championship in women's golf. I mean, we you know crew, uh, the baseball team made the college world series. Like, was Jen Cohen out there hitting home runs? I mean, was she catching fly balls in the outfield? You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know what? And the the baseball team that was kind of lucky to be honest, and they could be doing a lot better. Like, if you look at the state of Washington, it produces more baseball talent than the other sports and i guess the baseball coach is kind of not not the most well-liked guy locally so you know we'll see we could be you know we could be doing better in baseball even though you know we had that run last year i'm just yeah you know but 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 that aside is just look give her credit for the hopkins hire i love hopkins both personally and professionally he's doing a great job he's recruiting really well the trend is up there. A great job on that, but still, you, you, there's other things you got to do before before we can crown her ass. 
No, I just, this hero worship is so, I mean, the, the bar for success on some of these things is so fucking low. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like I said, you get you get a guy, you get a bunch of guys on a forum like a dog man. They don't allow for much dissent. Uh, that's what you're going to get, man. You're going to get a lot of groupthink that's incredibly boring and non-insightful because they don't allow a lot of dissent or differing opinion. And uh, or you'll just get a timeout, man. And you know, if you're not in chat. You know, whatever's in chat stays in chat. Be a better poster. Yeah, be, be a better poster. Be a better man. Some of you need a timeout. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's a forum. Relax. It's not that big a deal. Okay. Well, what one more thing on that as far as low expectations. Uh, there's a post on there tonight that I was alerted to. Uh, mm. Fetters is trying to say our recent success somewhat resembles that of Clemson. Uh, Clemson, the football team? Yeah, Clemson, the football team, is in the one that's won two national championships in the last three years. <laughs> I, wait a second. Back up here. Re, start over. What? what? What's going on? <laughs> He's comparing the Washington program to Clemson. As in the last couple of years, he's saying that, you know, we, we, we've achieved not the same level of success, but in the same realm, it sounded like. I, I don't think so. I mean, we've been successful, but, I mean, two national championships. I mean, how many, how many games has Dabo lost in, the, in that period of time he's discussing? In the last four years, I mean, probably like four maybe or three. Yeah, I mean... I mean <laughs> <laughs> not many I mean granted Washington's had a pretty, pretty good record but I, I don't know if you can put it in the same I don't know that you could put those two together Jimmy just think about this <laughs> their worst season in the last four years is basically equivalent to our 2016 season yeah so in their other three seasons they two national championships and one loss in the national championship I mean, three out of so the last four years they played in the national championship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, wow. That's getting way out there. I mean, I did. Did he? Did he back it up with facts or with opinion or like what? What? How did he base this? Um, you know, I didn't have enough time to read the whole thing. Well, probably saved you some anguish. Probably saved you some frustration. It was probably good for your heart that you didn't read it. Yeah. I mean, I, I read part of it. But yeah. anyway, in regards to Clemson, you know, I, I made a post yesterday saying that uh, as far as recruiting and blue chips, Clemson in 2016 could be us, or it, it looks equal to us in 2019, or rather we right now are equal to Clemson in 2016. I think 2015 might be better. I'll have to look at the data another time. So we, we're basically three or four years behind Clemson as far as recruiting and blue chips. So you know what that means, Jimmy? If we're where Clemson was in 2015, then this year Eason is going to take us to the national championship game. We're going to lose, and then next year we're going to win it. With Eason or a different quarterback? With, with Eason. Okay, so you, you, you're you on the belief that he comes ba back. Based on that template. Yeah, okay. Well, 
I really don't know about Eason coming back, but the more I think about it, um, I mean, unless he's like a top five pick. Yeah, he, top ten. Pick. I, I believe he will return for a senior season. I do not see him being one and done. I know we, we touched upon that on the last discussion, um, but if we're on that trage- trajectory, I I I don't know that we're going to have the horses to compete for a national championship this coming fall. Um, I mean that that a lot of things would have to come together pretty quickly. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have some like we've touched upon. They're gonna have some youth on defense. Uh, they're losing Gaskin. It's gonna be an adjustment. They're breaking in a new quarterback. I mean, I I think those exp- obviously I th- I would like that to be their goal as a team, but for that to be a reality, that's gonna be that's a tough ask. So I mean, so they got the schedule. They have the schedules in their favor. So then what's um, – well, I don't know if the schedule is that easy, but – I'm not saying it's that easy, but you have right. your toughest games at home. Right. It's a cakewalk. I'm just saying your home schedule is, is favorable. Right. So then what – okay, based on, based off of that, then what – at least right now, what, what's your expectation for next season? Uh, I want <laughs> my expectation would would be two losses because uh, you 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 I expect them to go undefeated at home. You should never lose at home, especially at, at Husky Stadium. So my thought would be you could look at two losses on the year, and you know in regards to the. In regards to the conference, is it going to be a great year for the conference? It's probably not going to be heralded from the media from for being a great conference. Right. Um, so I think those things are obviously going to hurt hurt them as well. Especially after Oregon doesn't pan out. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, the non-conference, off the top of my head, what, what's the non-conference isn't very strong for them either, right? Well, I think at BYU, is that that's, could be a sneaky, tough game. Yeah, that's, that's possible, I guess. It's not like a huge, like, huge marquee matchup for them, though. Right. It doesn't have the pizzazz, you know, it doesn't have the sizzle of... Of like a Michigan, or you know, it'd be cool to see them play like a Florida State, even though they're down. But you know, like a marquee matchup at BYU. I mean, does that get you really excited? No. Yeah. So I don't think that's the national media is certainly not going to be excited if we're not. But so two losses. I mean, is, is your expectation for the season to win the conference again and go to the Rose Bowl? Well, I would would, would you, you say, you're just only looking at the regular season. I'm looking at the regular season. I mean, I think I think they should be the best team. When I when I look at all the other teams, uh, I mean, I think Utah is going to be be will be good, but I still think Washington's the best team. Stanford, well, they got Stanford at, at Stanford, right? Yeah. And Stan, you know, I'm, Oregon, Oregon's getting all the love. 
in, in the offseason and not Stanford. Well, I Stanford could I, they could have some issues on defense, but they and and I, w- I was really happy to see Whiteside and one of their tight ends declared. So yeah. you know I, I don't they they could have issues on defense, but they're still you know they're still a, an option to win the North, especially if they beat us. That's going to be a huge you know a huge win for them if they beat yeah. us. Right. Because then they have to lose. That basically then. At, if we if we lose to Stanford and we lose two games, then they have to lose three times. And I think they don't play Utah. Oregon doesn't play Utah either. So they, they got Stan, Stanford has the easiest schedule. It's like it's like ours, but they but they miss Utah. Yeah, I mean we're at BYU, then we come home against USC at Stanford, at Arizona, Oregon at home, then Utah. Not not the easiest stretch. Uh, at Arizona, it's probably not going to be an easy game. Yeah, they Arizona was five and seven last year. They had four losses by a total of twelve points. They, yeah, they had two losses by one point each. And TeamRankings.com, which ranks teams at home and on the road. Last year, they had Arizona, I think, like number three at home, which I don't know why they're that high. But the year before, they were like number 25 at home. Uh, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the at BYU, at home against USC, at Stanford, at Arizona, Oregon, Utah. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough stretch. That, that, is, that is not ideal, though. Do they have a bye between Oregon and Utah? I think they do. Yes. That's the yeah. first buy. So that that's that does help. But that's going to be a tough stretch for sure. I, I think that'll, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they get, I don't know. I don't know if they come with just two losses. I mean, you look at, at Oregon State, at Colorado, then Washington st- State at home. I mean, I would expect those games to be won. Um, That's why it would be nice if we could beat Stanford and then beat Oregon at home, and then you're probably at that point, you know, you 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 pretty much have about a ninety percent chance of winning the conference, or at least winning the North. Yeah, just get those games, and then you know the last couple games are not as you know we can rest guys. Or I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's really I think a portion of that is. Obviously, the young guys adjusting on defense, how quickly they can get ramped up. And then, obviously, you know, the offseason natty is going to be important for Eason and and the receivers uh, building that rapport. And then, obviously, sorting out the running game. I mean, I still think Ahmed's going to get the bulk of the carries. Cam Davis is going to have a shot at carries. Um but I think they'll probably go from a more balanced attack. They'll probably have uh, a committee approach, but I still think Ahmed will get will end up having the most carries on the year. Um, so you know that's going to be crucial that you know that Eason doesn't have a slow start, and <laughs> you know we'll, we'll we'll learn quickly whether they've dumbed down this offense and if they if they actually seriously do look at the offense offensive philosophy which you know which has not been good under Peterson for a very long time now save 
the 2016 season. Go all the way back into the Boise State years. He's had not a good offense. And, you know, the last time, I, I don't know if it was against the Sark game. Was it Sark? I think Boise State was minus seven. They were favored by seven in one of those games. I think it was against Sark, but I can't remember. I read a headline there somewhere. Not, not the 2013 game. No, not. I think we were favored in that game with Keith Price. Yeah, I think we, we had like 540 yards of offense. Yeah. It must have been. It must have been the Tyrone game. They were favored. I'm sure. Are you thinking of the bowl game the year before? With Tyrone, we never played. Boy, yeah, but under Jim, oh wait, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 2007. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The home game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Boise was favored in that matchup. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Not that it really applies, but I, I I'll be very curious to see how they've made if if they make any adjustments to the offensive scheme. I just. I mean, what are your expectations on the year? Well, first in regards to the offense, I think it has to come out and just be able to win games. I'm not going to say by Yeah, win games is would be important. No, but like when you're you're playing like you're pro, man. No, I want to see the off the passing offense. I think you have the personnel for the passing offense to be better than it was in 2016. Yeah, you want to run and shoot. I know that's what you want. It may now. not be it may not be um as explosive down the field like it, it was with John Ross, but um I you know, I believe in Eason. I, I I like the receivers we have, especially if if Hunter Bryant and Chico are healthy. I mean, a healthy Chico is going to make a huge difference. Um, I, I just I think we have the pieces there to have a big passing offense, and that's got to you know that, you got to go full throat. You got to push the ball. You yeah. got to put the pressure on the uh, on the defense. Yes. Um, and 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 really just not go too conservative and use Easton's strengths. Uh, he's got mobility. He's got a big arm. Um, you know, those, you know, you build a play action offense around a guy like that who can move. I mean, you, you'll have a lot of options, um, in regards to what he can do with the playbook. I mean, we don't need to have like 40 different shifts, you know, don't have to give all these looks. And I I know like they've done breakdowns, how it puts pressure on the defense to think about where guys are and all that shit. But you know what? Like just road grade, dude, just get out there, execute. The plays as ex like you've talked about it. Execution is so crucial. Like just get just get so dialed in at what you're good at and just do that. And and we we have the personnel on offense to where guys can just beat their man. Like a healthy Hunter Bryant, uh, you know, paired with a healthy Chico in the slot. And people don't. I mean, people forget really how dynamic he, he he is. I mean, yes, even this year he 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 fumbled once and he dropped a punt. I think twice. Yeah, he, had, he he got down over that. But even just th- this year and last year, looking at his stats, 
I mean, he's an, he's an explosive guy. He, he's, he's way better catching and running than Pacelli is. Pacelli goes down the first time there's a whiff of contact. <laughs> and, you know, you, you have those guys. I mean, Aaron, Aaron, Fuller, Aaron, Fuller, Aaron Fuller had basically an all-conference season, like the first eight or nine weeks of the season. I mean, he, he, was, he, he was getting downfield throws and, and catching them. I mean, I, I like him, and, and you still have Spiker and Osborne. I mean, there's a lot of talent. You, you're right. We don't need to have this bullshit with all these shifts and motions and whatever yeah. bullshit that. And don't forget about Kate Otten too. I mean, he's he's probably going to take a big leap yeah. this coming year. So I, I I think we have the deepest group of receivers and tight ends in the league. And I'm saying I'm not saying this in. In a joking way, being facetious, but truly, the off season will be very crucial for this offense. the The work that they put on, put in, you know, voluntarily throughout the summer, is going to have an impact uh, on the season. Uh, it, it's going to be crucial that they work together and get the timing and the rapport that is needed uh, for a passing offense. Now, granted, I don't want to see 60 passes a game. I don't want to see the Cougar offense by any stretch. Though, I mean, it does naturally lead you to think that they're they're probably going to look to pass the ball with, with Eason's talents. Well, I, I think one thing in the run game, and, and looking at our stats from last year, which is interesting, um, even... Okay, even if you subtract two and a half games for the games that Gaskin missed, he did not have, I mean, I don't want to say this was his worst season, but he did not, like, his, in, in conference play, as far as how many 10-yard runs or more did he have, his best year was 2017. He had 3.7 per game. This is just league games. This year he only had 2.6, and I subtracted the games by 2.5. That the you know two and a half games that he missed. With that being said, I, I'm not taking anything away from Gaskin because his best games were really when we needed him: the Utah game, the Stanford game, uh, and uh, the Wazoo game. So he showed up big exactly when we needed him in those 50-50 type games. But obviously, you know, he was nursing an injury during the other games. Maybe we didn't need him as much, but. The run, the, having a much better pass game is going to open up the run offense. So, so I'm not I'm not that worried about the run offense. I'm not worried that we're going to be passing 50 times a game. Um, I just think you know you will probably throw a little bit more, but I, I do think we'll do a lot of play action and and use that to open things up for the backs. I mean Browning they didn't you know they could play like eight or nine guys in the box you know because yeah, we, didn't, didn't, we didn't have a deep threat. Yeah. They knew they knew his limitations. Was it suburban black breaking that down? The yeah. defense is LaMichael Corleone. LaMichael Corleone. Basically, the defense knew what Browning wasn't able to do, so they didn't they didn't have to worry about a lot of different things. Like Eason's gonna pose a different challenge because he will have the ability to make throws that um, that Browning just simply couldn't. And he's stretching the field, so there's going to be one less guy. There's going to be less guys, probably one less guy most of the time, one less defender in the run box. Yep. 
And yeah, no, it's gonna put it's gonna be a different dynamic um, when that, the defense faces Washington. That's yeah, that that's what hurt the offense, and also in the red zone, our red zone offense in league games. Uh, yeah. Just calculating, you know, how many how many points per red zone trip. So 2016, we were almost at six. Uh, year after that, 4.74. This year, 4.60, and that was even lower than 2015. Ooh. So, and you know, the, you know that Eason with his arm is going to help us in the red zone. Obviously, you know, having Hunter Bryant that'll help a lot. Chico, and I didn't me- even mention Ty Jones earlier. I think he's. I think Ty Jones is, is going to have a huge breakout season. I, I hope you're right. I mean, that would be that. That would make if, if he had a big leap with Hunter Bryant and Chico Fuller. I Spiker. I, I like Bocelli. I think I think Bocelli has some things to offer. I think he'll be better. I mean, I. You're right. I think they they could be pretty dynamic from an offensive standpoint. I, I would like to see them averaging, you know, 40 points a game. Yeah, no, I I, I want to see the offense come out and, you know, when we're playing Hawaii and BYU, they should score 40 points those, game, those games. Not this soft cock bullshit where it's like, you know, you have 24 points in the third quarter or 27 points. Well, I guess that's not that bad, but. Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah, I. I, no, I, I, no, I want to see the offense come out. And then when you're playing teams like Stanford and Arizona that don't have great defenses, I want to see the offense just come out and just roll over those teams. Yeah, I mean, let let the defense, you know, let them work into themselves, right? Yeah. Give them a chance to, to catch their breath and, 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 you know, improve with the young guys and not have to put all the pressure on them to, to make sure that they keep the game close. You know, because someone's backpedaling twenty yards. I, 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 I'm sorry for the cheap shot. I apologize, but it's just you know, the defense has done a lot for the for this program year out year in, you know year in year out. It, it's time for the offense to to come to the table, and that's gonna be that's gonna be on the coaches. Obviously, you know the players have to execute, but the coaches got to make sure. That this that this new offense because you know the four year starter's gone that you know they they don't they don't start slow and they're not trying to find themselves through the first half of the season. Yeah, I I definitely think that the offensive game plan, whatever they come up with in the off season and the off season natty that you're talking about, <laughs> that no that stuff is going to be hugely important because the offense. Has it has the pieces on it to be a really good offense? Like you can't say, oh, the offensive line. I mean, look who's coming back on the offensive line. Nick Harris, two. He's a two-time first-team All-League center. Trey Adams is back. You have uh, Jackson Kirkland was a freshman All-American by uh, the Athletic. Hilbers was great yep. last year out of nowhere. Okay, Wattenberg. He hasn't been that great, but you know. You got uh, Benny Valu. Yeah, you got Benny Valu. I, I mean, he, he played a fair amount towards the end of the year. He's a blue chip recruit. You have uh, Victor Kern. He's going to be a red shirt freshman. I, I mean, you, you have the pieces there. You can't 
we just we can't have an offensive line that is not effective. And we've already There's talked about not, the receivers. There's not a lot of room for excuses for exactly. the offense before. That you know, you can't say, well, this piece and well they you know, yeah, they they're gonna lose Gaskin. Would we love to have Gaskin for this year? <laughs> Running backs are the easiest thing to replace. So I just if it if it doesn't go well, then hearing the excuses why is going to be well. I guess it, it won't be funny or entertaining, but at the same time, it'll be entertaining to hear how people will justify if, in fact, the offense is not very good. With that said, do you want to get into some questions? Sure, buddy. Let's get into. Yeah, the I wanted to, this to be a more compact pod, but yeah, we have quite a few, so we got to go quickly. Jimmy, what are your feelings on the passing of Dylan McKay? Oh man, uh, I you know, frankly, I was shocked to read the headline about Dylan McKay uh, having a massive stroke. That's uh, I, I hey, I'm a self admitted nine hundred two one zero guy. I watched a lot of it. Uh, I probably watched every episode. Nice. You know, Dylan was was the bad boy, and uh, yeah, it was it was yeah that was that was weird to I mean hear that he you know died. He's only fifty two. Only fifty two. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know it hits a little closer when you know those people that you saw on television that you weren't too far outside of your age, and uh, you know they end. The headlines are that he one day up and died. That's, yeah, kind of, it's, it's a little jarring. I guess the word for me would be jarring. I was surprised yeah. to see the the passing of Dylan McKay. I'm, I didn't see that question, man. I was out of left field. Oh. RIP to Dylan McKay, man. Yeah, I mean, that's shocking. Yeah. Just uh, awful. Enjoy every moment, man. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your life out there, people. Yeah, enjoy Husky athletics and Husky football. That's right. Enjoy every victory. Enjoy every victory. And curse every loss. <laughs> okay, continuing on the 90210 theme, Donna, Kelly, Brenda, or Andrea, pick one for each scenario. Fornicate, marry, kill, business no, partner. I'm not answering. That's just too long. Let's get to some other questions. I. That's way too much thought for me. As far as fornication, how come Valerie wasn't included there? Is that <laughs> is that is that Kelly Kapowski? Is Valerie her character's yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, that's Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely would pick her for fornication. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you probably wouldn't be alone. You probably wouldn't be alone <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do how, like how many of us listening? <laughs> what? I don't spend too much time on that one. Yeah. What do you got? What's next? Which player who actually played last year on offense, excluding Easton Richards and injured guys Bryant and Chico, needs to improve the most for this offense to go from irritating to good? Go ahead. You can start on that one. Uh, I think it's got to be a running back. Yeah, and who's that going to be? Kamari? Could be Savon. I'd, pre- I'd probably say Savon or Ty Jones, but I'd say Savon because I think it has to be a running back. Well, I 
look, I, I'm a big fan of Savon. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be a very good running back this season. I agree. Can I, I'll just chime in for like 20 seconds on Savon. If you look at his stats, he's killing it against the the uh, average and bad Ds. He's just struggling against the best defenses. So he just needs to improve against the best defenses. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think Savon's going to be a really good. I'm not worried about that guy at all. But I mean, him. I mean, if he if he makes a big leap this year, that would be huge for the offense. Oh yeah, and I there's I I don't know what, why people would be concerned of him not being able to. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a really good year. But I, I do think they're gonna give guys carries. But I think Ahmed's gonna be the starter. And he'll come away with the most carries at the end of the year. And I think he's going to be solid. I think we've said that Cam Davis will factor in. Yeah, I think Cam Davis is going to definitely. I think he has a real shot uh, to get carries. You know, one thing on McGrew, he's good in the pass game. He is. I mean, he's deceptively good. He had that big fourth down conversion against Oregon, and he also had a huge uh, wheel route against uh, Oregon and, and then Cal. You know, another thing about him too is I like his confidence. Like he he doesn't seem phased. Like in that last drive against Oregon, of course, you know the kicking game kind of spo- spoiled that great drive. Yeah, it did. Uh, but McGrew was crucial in that drive, and and he he showed up. Like it didn't appear like there was any sort of like there was no jitters. I don't think the moment was too big for him. I mean, he just. What do you got going over there? You playing with tiddlywinks? Uh, the remnants of my cheesecake. Jeez, man. I'm trying to get my point across about my groove. Yeah, you did. I think you did. You did just fine. Okay, yeah. Well, you're distracting. I'm sorry. I'm you're... sorry. i got to find a mic that isn't so hot. <laughs> you gotta get a, You got to get a crappier mic, huh? Something like that. Yeah, okay. And, but it, but to, to supplement your point, uh, McGrew, he also he was the one who closed out the UCLA game Yeah. at the very end, right. so he looked good then. That's right, yeah. So you got to like the idea that he didn't seem to be phased by, by the moments and that com- he was trusted to. you got to like just the competition there. Yep. McGrew, Savon, Kamari Pleasant, Cam Davis coming in. Don't forget about Dick Newton. Yeah, don't. Yeah, let's maybe not he'll factor in. Next Are, question. You know your cheesecake over there for crying out loud. I am. Jeez. I'm just fidgeting with my pens. I'm, I apologize. Thank you. Okay, top three That's bars. Nice. Top three bars to watch an away dogs game. I don't know, man. I I don't know off the top of my head. That's how, about, a, how about the Dub Pub? Dub Pub. <laughs> dub Pub. Is Jen, is Jen still there? I, I, yeah, I've never stepped set foot in the dub pub. Is it even still open? I'm sure Grinnell's is still probably creeping on her. Is it, is it even open? I don't know. I haven't, the last time I heard or thought of the dub pub was probably one of our podcasts like four years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's closed. It's not even, still not even, it's no longer open. It's permanently closed. So the dub pub no, that's died. That's too bad. 
What a what a what a sad. That must have been a really sad day. I guess there wasn't many uh, articles about the Dub Pub closing, huh? Grinnell's probably creeped out most of their clientele. <laughs> well, yeah, didn't last long. I can tell you that. Jeez, I guess they can't have the <laughs> no more Dub Pub commercials. No more, yeah, no more recruiting banquet. No, no shout outs from Softy about the Dub Pub. Uh, I, I don't know top bars for away games. I, I don't. I just, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not the best one to answer that. I mean, all of them have good bars. Everywhere you go, you probably find a really good bar. What's a good bar anyway? Like, is it the, the drinks that they serve? Is it like yeah, the people drinks, that show up? I mean, drink selection, quality of the drink made. If they're good drinks, not just like a spritz of water and a big old, you know, couple ice cubes and a big old cup of shitty well. <laughs> Booth. I mean, yeah, there's there's some nuance there on what makes a decent bar. You know, if they got bar food, you like the idea of like eating decent bar food that tastes good. Like those things do matter. I like the but, shitty bar food at the Duchess. I, it's been a while since I've eaten it. <laughs> I mean, the pizza, you know, pizza and fries there are pretty good. Nuance. There's some nuance to to a good bar, but for the top three on away games, like. Maybe that's a better question for Dennis. I mean, the guy's always drunk. Or, or tequila. Yeah, ask tequila. I mean, they're the ones that are just shit faced everywhere they go. Yeah, the beginning of their. Uh, uh, maybe we should mock them. Hey, Jimmy, what are you drinking tonight? First question. Yeah, I'm just enjoying a kombucha. Nice. Yeah. I stick to the hard stuff, man. Kombucha. Yeah. Okay, next question. All right. Um, what changes would you like to see the offense this year as far as scheme beyond simply having a better QB that can throw more routes? I want to play action offense, throw deep, big plays. Sell the play action, throw over the top. Yeah, I want that too. You know, I want long intermediate routes to Hunter Bryant. Get that guy in space running full speed over the middle, uh, making smaller guys have to tackle him, you know, getting him past the linebackers. That's what I want to see. I think Chico will, will give them the ability for some explosive plays. I mean, I think, I think Puka's going to have a shot to, to get in the mix. Um, so I want to see big, big play action, deep balls down the field. I want him to put pressure on the defense, and I and I've said this before. If you want to establish the running game, I don't care if you run it three times and go. I, I know the stats I've been reading, like the whole concept of establishing the run is like so the analytics say that's actually not like really a good approach. Uh, but I disagree. Um, I, I don't mind if they take some big shots with the passing game and don't hit it because they're going to loosen up that defense. Yeah for other opportunities. And that's what we didn't have this past year. Oh, kill no. I mean, exactly. It it stalled the offense. Like I like I said, I think you said it's going to loosen up the run game and and they're going to have the ability to 
to get the ball in spots. They just simply couldn't. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can you can open up the run game through the pass game. Without, without a doubt, 100%. But last comment on that question. It is important to note that Eason will open up the playbook quite a bit more. I, I don't think people realize the changes that will be coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, they're, they're going to have so many different route, <laughs> route uh, variations that they'll be able to, to install. No, it's going to be a whole different deal. Yes. Okay, next question. On the recruiting wins the job. Unless who? Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> On the recruiting front, how optimistic are you about our future given that kids from other areas are coming up here to be a part of Ford Sports Complex such as Wilson, McMillan, and Ringo? They're all huge recruits. Johnny Wilson, Jalen McMillan, Keeley Ringo, is that how you say his name? I'm not sure, but I absolutely love that guy. They have got to get him in the program. Ringo? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as long as Jimmy Lake is here, I think we'll get him. They must get him. I mean, that guy is so elite. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how much of you have watched of him, but he is unbelievable. You love his tape? I love his tape, man. They have got to get him in the program. Yeah. You know, if it's just someone's going to have to give him a lot of coffee cups to hope to go somewhere else. So I hope we're willing to pay if we have to. Nice. I'm sure we could find a fleener. Even a a medium swinging dick booster can do it. Yeah. Just make sure it's cash. <laughs> cold I, hard, cold I, hard cash. With with Heward getting the commitment, you know, this early, I mean, you've got to think it's got to help in the receiver recruiting uh, efforts. I mean, if you're a receiver and you're basically looking at the number one prospect at quarterback. He'll probably be like top three quarterback when he's a senior in the country. I mean, that's got to that's got to help in in some of these big timers looking at coming to Washington. Well, and you look at now. I mean, that team that won the seven on seven thing. I mean, did you see any of those videos? I heard about them. I I, I didn't. I was pretty lazy in looking for them. I I, I saw one where there were a lot of hooping and hollering. I'd, People were fighting, sort of, or it was all heated. So, and Savelle Smalls was calling out Nigeria. <laughs> did you see? Did you hear that? No, I I, I, wa- I saw a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I'm not interested in in watching this. So I I kind of just forgot about it. But the important takeaway is that now you have those three that we mentioned: Wilson, McMillan, and Ringo. They're on that seven on seven team now with uh, Heward, Smalls. And all the other local guys. So no, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I know. I think Dennis made a comment that you know showed alpha behavior, and I know he's big on that. And you know, look, I love the competitiveness, and I love guys looking to mix it up. I just didn't care to like watch it for ten minutes. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Not worth your but, time. Yeah, I'm just like, awesome, all right. No, but I'm excited that those guys are together. I think, I mean, if they could get those pieces put together, I mean, you're talking talking about a once in a lifetime once in a generation coup of of players yeah i mean i think and i think looking at junior adams how the if you look at the quotes from i think wilson and mcmillan he's in contact with both of those guys quite often and he and junior adams has some fast strategy in him we talked about that on the last pod so i i mean i like that high it seems like pete's hires have been really doing a fantastic job as far as recruiting. Yeah, you got to keep it up. I mean, I, obviously, getting Puka. Not, I mean, that, that's a good. That's a good way to come in and, and start your start your new job. Getting a highly sought after wide receiver, which was sorely needed. In yeah, the- it, sal- it salvaged that class a bit. Yeah. So, at least from the receiver standpoint. You can't hate on his start, that's for sure. I mean, I, I just think, yeah, recruiting, I mean, if we can win the conference again this year, um, I mean, you, you look at our, that would be three championships in four years with, you know, with a, a roster that's basically really accelerating as far as talent in, in future years. I mean, we, we could have a massive recruiting class. We, you know, you know who's saying very similar things about their team, Coog fans. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I mean, the Coog fans, man. They, I think this this team's going to be elite. Uh, you know, they they need a quarterback. We got to give a shout out to that guy. Who's who's that Coog on Twitter? Oh, oh my Crimson God. Soldier, or did he change his name? Soldier. We're, he, he thinks we're going to miss Browning's mobility. I think he was trolling. I, there's no way he could think that. That 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 guy was out of his mind. He he, he was he was crazy. Did pointing out Browning's forty time was going to be sorely missed. I mean, come on, dude. That guy was. If that guy really believed that stuff, man, he needs to seek help. Yeah. Okay. One question just came in. Regarding Eason, uh, a stat at Georgia, Eason completed only 16% of his balls over 25 yards. Please comment. How many games did he play as a true freshman? Eight? I don't even think he played a full season, did he? Um, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't think he played a full season. I, I'm not necess- I don't know. I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, look, he played in the SEC. He was a freshman. Georgia had some issues. I mean, what, what's the average quarterback who who uh, statistic there for over 25 yards? What do you I, think it is, 40%, 35%? I don't know. So No, no clue. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't – you know, I, I don't think – that doesn't really concern me. Again, and we addressed it, he's – Hasn't played in a live game in a few years. I mean, he's going to need a little bit of leeway Yeah. Uh, at the start of the year. But, yeah, I, I'm not worried about his statistics on the deep ball at, at Georgia. As a true freshman, 
Yeah, next question. Does Jamie ever want to hang out, smoke weed with me and my pet penguin while watching The Twilight Zone or DuckTales? <laughs> Man, who can refuse that offer? I mean, I'm down any time. Name the place and time, buddy. I'll be there. <laughs> okay, here's a couple of uh, good questions. Best home game on next year's schedule? It's probably got to be... Oh, I, we got a lot of good home games. Yeah. Uh, USC, yeah. Utah, Oregon, Oregon, even Wazoo. Yeah, Wazoo. So, uh, I think the best game is going to be Oregon. I'd say USC, but I'm going to go with Oregon. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of smack talk leading into that game. And I'll 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 just say though, I don't want this team to lose to Clay Helton at home. <laughs> I really don't. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But to me, I think the Oregon game is the biggest home game. I mean, Wazoo, man, it's been six in a row. It's going to be seven in a row. I mean, it's it's a big game. It's a rival game. It's the Apple Cup. I get all those things. But in my mind, Oregon's the biggest home game. Are you in agreement or are you disagreeing? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm just happy that there's a decent home schedule this year. No, pick a team, dude. Don't don't just like you know go non-committal, man. So best home game. He's probably talking about the environment as far as best home game. I mean, are we thinking like most exciting game or best fan environment? The best home game for next year is what. Is which like most competitive home game or what is the best game? What are you most? What is it you most excited? Which game gets you most excited? How's that for the home game? What has you most excited out of the schedule? USC game in September kind of gets me excited, but I think the environment will be best for the Oregon game. I, that's fair. I you know I think the USC yeah I I'm in agreement on that one with you. Okay, favorite UW fan to follow on Twitter. How can you only pick just one? Yeah, that's a really hard. That's really hard. That's not a fair question. Yeah, it's really hard, and so is the question. I mean, I, I'd put Dennis up there just because some of his ranting is, is quite entertaining. I think right now it's got to be Will Michael Corleone or at Suburban Kodak. Yeah, I, I enjoy Suburban Kodak. I mean, yeah, it's got some, it's got some funny posts. Yeah, he's got a lot of insight and the volume of his tweets. He tweets quite often. I always enjoy Buffy Miller's tweets. Yeah, runner up, runner up to Buffy Miller. She's a great Husky mom, great Husky fan. I always appreciate her tweets. Yeah, shout out to Buffy Miller. Next question. Of guys going pro, if you could have just one back to add to next year's roster, who would it be? Miles Gaskin. I actually I would say Taylor Rapp. Well, I think yeah. Gaskin is just the sentimental answer. 
Yeah, you're probably right. I forgot about rap. I'd like yeah. to... Oh. Yeah, Taylor Rap. Next right. question. I'd like to hear about your take of potential 2019 sophomores or juniors that could leave early with strong years. You got to read me some names. I can't think that quickly. Uh, okay, I would, I would, would potential guys. Well, Eason, of course. Hunter Bryant. Yeah. Um, Ty Jones, maybe? No. No way. No way. Uh, Levi Anzarike, for sure. Yeah, Levi. Is there anybody in the secondary? I was just thinking that. There's got to be a corner. Someone who's in their third. Well, wouldn't... No, yeah. Molden, or is he is he too small? No. He's... I think he'll. I think he'll definitely have a shot, but not. He's not going to declare. Or I don't think he's going to be able to declare early. I don't see that. Tryon. What about Keith Taylor? Oh yeah, yeah. Keith Taylor's a good one for sure. I don't think Tryon yet. He's got some work to do. I think Keith uh, Taylor could be one for I'm sure. Just, yeah, I'm just throwing names out there. I think Keith Taylor, Hunter for sure. Yeah. Um. Who who's the other guy you said with Hunter? Um Eason? Yeah, I I don't uh, well, I'm just throwing out names. Yeah, I think I think honestly the two guys just off the cuff, I think you could say would be Hunter and Keith Taylor. And Keith Taylor's probably gonna have a really, really good year. And maybe maybe Levi is number three. Yeah. Yeah, Levi could definitely I mean the way he's been the way he's been trending, like yeah, he could he could certainly look at an opportunity of leaving early. I agree with that. Okay, next question. Okay, give me your three keys to success for the twenty nineteen season. Well, it's going to be Eason integrating into the offensive scheme and executing. Linebacking core, getting situated, and consistent kicking game. Yeah, three keys. How about this? Offense, defense, special teams. (laughs) Yeah, those all matter. Yeah, I I would just say that Eason and the offense play up to their potential and, and don't soft cock it. You know, not this bullshit where they soft cock it through most of the year, and then at the end when they play Oregon State and Wazoo, you know, they score like 50 points. That's unacceptable. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, what are the other two keys? Obviously, development on defense. Yeah, it's going to be the linebacking core is going to really have to step up. I would say just like an improvement in pass rush. I know we don't we the style of defense we play, we don't rely on that. But if we could get more pressure um you know, more pressure than we have the last couple seasons from the edge, that would be fantastic because that that covers up issues. 
yeah, that you may sure. have. Yeah. So I'd like to see Nagata and Tryon, you know, really having big seasons. Yeah, those guys are going to be. They're going to have to definitely be the the ones to to bring that that pressure. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be crucial. Did you hit three? Yeah, I think you got yeah, clo- close enough. Okay, so you don't really have a third. Yeah, I'll come up with it later. Okay, what's okay? What's next? Besides Ahmed, which backer backs do you think will have the biggest impact on the offense this year? Further, I, in what way do you think your chosen back will impact the offense? Rushing, receiving, pass protection, etc. I I think you hit it on early. I think McGrew in the passing game is going to be. I think Ahmed and McGrew are going to be the two most impactful running backs. So what happens? What happens to Pleasant? I I think Pleasant's gonna. He'll be good. I think he's going to be in some power power ball situation. You know where the. They're going to run power if that's closer to the goal line, short yardage situations. Um, I, there'll, there'll be scenarios where they'll have them lead blocking. You'll see some of that that package. It not, I'm not trying to take away from Pleasant's impact, but I think I think from the season overall, overarchingly, it, it'll be Ahmed and and McGrew that make the most impact. Ahmed, I think all around will give you what you want. He'll be able to catch. He'll be able to run inside, outside, and I think McGrew's going to give you some looks to get you know flare routes, wheel routes, get the ball in space. Hopefully, Ahmed will have an off season natty. Oh, he will. He's got. He's got a. He just looks like he might be injury prone. Why do you say that? Uh, I don't know. He just. He he looks kind of slight out there, but I could be wrong. Is he like six one? Well, I I doubt he's six one. Maybe it's just because he, we, we compare him to Gaskin. That's yeah. probably why we think he's so tall. Anyway, next question is Jacob Beeson the most underrated transfer going into this season? Possibly in the country or what? I mean, possibly. Are, are you saying in the entire country? It doesn't say. Probably in the entire country. He's probably not getting enough exposure about it. I mean, it's it's a big deal. Was he? He was a five star out of high school. Went to Georgia. Going back. I mean, I know it's been covered some, but yeah, he, it's it's very possible. I I don't know enough other transfers to compare. I mean. That Justin Fields kid going to Oregon State or Ohio? Oh, well, that's not underrated. I, I don't know all the the transfers well enough to know if that's the case or not, but certainly hasn't gotten a, like a lot of media coverage. Oregon State has a lot of transfers coming in. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to be good, but they have our, some Nebraska guys, right? Yeah, our our boy Jay Smitty. He's 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 bringing in some talent via transfers, so keep it keep an eye on. Well, that's them. that's a good play. He's going fast strategy, not a yeah. bad idea after the season you had. I mean, you gotta you need to get you need to inject talent any way possible. Yeah, just do what Dennis Erickson did. 
He, he doesn't have the time, right? He doesn't yeah, have yeah. I don't know. He, he just, it's just not that, it's just not those day and age where you, you just get a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. We're in a new, we're in a new era in yeah. history. If people get bored, they don't want to go to Research Stadium if it's a really shit product and it continues to be really poor. It's like, then, you know, the pressure just continues to build. But if you can get some, inject some talent early, you know, that's going to, it's going to help. Keep the thing afloat, especially when Larry Scott's drowning the conference. What entertainment can we give the college kids for them to show up for the whole game, every home uh, game, other than free beer? Something to do with, like, a phone app or, you know, something to do with them putting them on a screen, giving them a screen. They should let them in for free. How many how many student seats are there? I don't a couple know. thousand. Yeah, you'd figure. Yeah, free wouldn't hurt, but will that keep them through the whole game? I don't think so. Yeah, good point. You know, yeah. are, are the, the, the the people who? No, I had one idea, but disregard. Well, I think that I, I will give you know credit on you know handing out they hand out some decent gifts like late into the third quarter, like make them wait. But that just sucks. That's such a, such a shitty reason to go to the game, just to wait for whatever the prize they give you. You know, that's just, I never went to a game because I wanted a prize to go. I wanted to go to the, cause I want to watch the game. I, I don't think attendance is going to be as big of an issue this season. I mean, looking at the schedule, it's going to help. The schedule's going to help. Yeah, that's com, coming off of a, uh, Another conference championship. I, I I think the game day environment will be better, but they still got to work on the it. The student section has not been great, yeah, man. It's non-existent. But yeah, I think having the the kind of type of schedule they have opponent wise is definitely going to help. Um, hopefully they stay for the whole game. I mean, football is just not. I mean, football is. Unfortunately, just you know, looked looked upon poorly. It's gotten it's gotten a lot of poor, like mass media coverage. And and the new era and the young, the youngins and what's important and all those things. Like it's a very football seems to be a very like touchy. It's turning more and more into a touchy subject. Yeah. Okay. When Eason gets hurt, who do you go to? Uh, it'll be Hayner. Really, it's not going to be one of the freshmen nah. from last year. It's going to be Hayner. Staff likes Hayner. Okay, who will be the DDY Memorial scapegoat for the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season? You get that one. What is that? Yeah, what does that mean exactly? Who was the scapegoat for this? Oh, Bra- now that Browning's gone. Yeah, I like how he just blamed everything on Browning. <laughs> uh, I think the scapegoat will be Chris Peterson. That's why I want Browning to be a GA, so that Dennis can continue to blame him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think from the combine, I mean, I think I, a lot. The consensus was, or I, I read a few places that. 
he's probably going to have to find his way to a roster via free agency. And he did all this like special training ahead of the combine, and he had a quote like, oh, I couldn't make it there before the last season, which kind of, you know, I don't mean to, to continue to pick at the guy, but, you know, it would have been nice if you put this kind of effort into improving your game, you know, while you were in college. Because people said he had a good combine. Yeah, I mean, I read that, too. Um, I don't know. People were mixed on his arm strength. A lot of people said it was average. Someone thought it was improved. Like, improved to what? But I think Coker made a good point. He's like, yeah, you know, generally Jake looks pretty good when there's zero pressure. Yeah. He's got no one breathing down his neck. Like, yeah, he can make he can make throws. He can look crisp. You know, he's got good accuracy. But, you know, when there's someone coming at him full bore. Yeah, do those drills really mean anything since there's no defense? <laughs> I mean, I, I know they, like, look at it from, like, a taking direction standpoint. Um, you know, looking at their their anticipation, deep ball ability. I mean, I don't, I I think it, I think people get way too, way too worked up over the combine. Like, yeah, you, you get to see drills, you get to see their athleticism and you get to see the 40 time. But I mean, I just think, I think a combine is, is a little like overly, emphasized in my opinion right all right we got a couple more how would you rotate the defensive tackles hockey lines is the way the coaches describe it please talk about the depth charts regarding this position well i mean they're going to rely on some youth that's for sure yeah i mean the the two tackles will probably be Tuli, Tuli, and Taimani. Yeah, Taimani, and then you're going to have... I mean, Levi. Is, is, is Levi going to be an end? Yeah, I think he'll be an end. But I think he, you know, he has the ability to... They can move him around. Can Levi be one of the two defensive tackles? Because I know we like to play a 2-2, two, 5-2, two, two, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it'll be curious to see. I think they'll probably want to get the best guys on the field at the same time. Where I think Levi has has the size. I think he can he can go on the interior. He could be that quote unquote end. Um. But yeah, I think Tayamani and and Tuli are going to be your your big guys. Over the center. Yeah. Yeah, the depth chart, I mean, that's hard to say. You got Josiah Bronson is also in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. You know, and then some of the Jimmy Lake, he did an interview with Peterson a couple days, or with Peterson, with Softy a couple days ago. And he said, I think he said more than half of the recruits are going to play. 
So, man, I don't like that. But well, I mean, they could you know hold them to the red shirt rule. Yeah, it's just uh, you know I'll go all Dick Baird you know from a development standpoint, age like anytime you can have guys red shirt, it's just better for them. Yep. Okay, so outside of rap, who will we miss most on defense? Murphy, Gaines, or BBK? Man, probably BBK. Guy led the nation in tackles last year. Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I think it be BBK. Uh, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Murphy. Uh, wait, we Man, we, we have a lot of talent yeah, we have guys who can fill yeah. Um, a lot of talent at corner. I'm going to say Gaines. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I certainly can make an argument for Gaines. Shout out to BBK though. I mean, he got up to 230 pounds. Yeah, and, and he, he ran, ran a four point five six. Yeah, he ran a faster forty than Gaskin. Yeah, and he had twenty four. Uh, what do you have? Uh, twenty one reps of two twenty five. Gaskin got him on reps. Yeah, someone said that BBK, I was reading some of the reports. I mean, a couple people think he'll be day two, drafted on day two. Awesome. All right, what else? Is that it? Are you still going to pod once you get all your free shit and UBI? (laughs) Dude, if I get my UBI, man, this pod will be up like nobody's business. We're talking new gear. All sorts of stuff, man. We have professional recording. Like, we are going to blow the doors off you're this saying, podcast. You're saying our... this is not professional? This is not professionally recorded? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, maybe, no. maybe we should get a Patreon and just ask people for money. Yeah. Just get a donations page set up on the the website, Chess. Let's see if we get anyone to donate. Oh, shout out to Savelle Smalls' his mom. She follows me on Twitter now. Oh, that's fantastic. And did you see the tweet that I did about using the Michael Cohen, you know, 200 times? More than that. 500 times? Probably. So I used, I used that to, and I, I listed a bunch of recruits saying, you know, how many times have you thought about these recruits playing for UW? And Mrs. Smalls liked the tweet. Wow, that's fantastic. Amongst many others. Well, well, just tone down anything that could be really offensive. Really. I know. I'm, I'm going to be more PC for sure. Please, I'm you, be say this, you say this to me in text, and then like a day later, you say something like really, like, you know, you get get out there, man. So you better follow. No, I mean, I, I, I have been well behaved on there. Okay, well, keep it up, especially if Mrs. Smalls is following you. This is a special exception to, to follow the rules of Twitter and, you know, watch the offensiveness. You know, Savelle's done lots of interviews lately we should probably get them on the show what do you think i 
I love that. We can ask him if he's going to commit to Washington, and will he do it on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> if we got if we got this the smallest commit on the podcast, I'd probably I'd probably like uh, put us in the uh, podcasting Hall of Fame. Yeah, that, that would be legendary. Yeah, well, maybe we'll make it a goal. We'll got to write down our hopes and dreams and goals, and once we get our UBI, we'll we'll really up it up up the game. Or he can just you know he can he can commit to our audience you know a- after he commits at school or wherever on TV. Sure. Just in yeah. case people miss that, we can just do like a replay. He'll be our he'll he'll will be his first phone call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I got to go to bed, man. Me, me too. I'm fighting some yawns. Well, thank I'm so glad you're in agreement. So next pod, we might get in a little bit more into the uh, combine conversation. And, uh, you know, we can do a deep dive into what other, other topic you want to go into. Sure. Well, I was thinking we could do – we'll do a, a full-blown spring preview uh one one we could do the offense on one pod and the defense on another pod. Yeah, we'll do a deep dive and then unpack it. Nice. I just love using those words. So is there any wine of the week? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just go get yourself a bottle of barefoot and you'll be good. About four dollars. Nice. Yeah. All right. I feel this has been a productive pod, Jimmy. What do you think? Fantastic. Yeah. If you can find a bottle of wine from JVB Cellars, fantastic. What about, can can we get a bottle of wine from Passing Time? Yeah. Yeah, we should check it out. Maybe we can get him to sponsor our pod. Talk to him about that. As long as he doesn't listen to... uh, a few of the few of the initial episodes, where we were complaining about his, his yeah, we should probably yeah. his broadcasting skills. Tell, tell him to just start at like episode thirty. <laughs> he had skipped the first first thirty where we might be a tad harsh on him. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, not him personally, just him as a broadcaster. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. All right, let's shut it down. All right, we gotta do an awkward. We gotta finish this awkward goodbye. Yeah, hopefully, it hadn't trailed off. Like people may have already turned it off. And we'll 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 break down the Alex Jones, Joe Rogan another time. It's just gotten too late. Watch the Alex Jones, Doctor Phil oh, interview. I will. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, on that note, Jimmy. Listeners, everybody, that's all from us. We'll talk to you again soon. Go Huskies. Go dogs. Bye-bye.